Yo, yo, to all of our newbie and faithful listeners out there, welcome to the program. Coffee Sometimes is a video and podcast from Valor Coffee founders Ethan Rivers, Riley Westbrook, and Ross Walters. That's me. Every week, we talk about coffee, starting and running a business, and some other stuff in hopes that some of it might be useful to you in your coffee journey. If you enjoy the show, the best way you can help us continue doing this is by subscribing and liking our content on YouTube and following and reviewing on your podcast app of choice. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Coffee Sometimes Pod, where you can find some real hot short clips taken from the show. Lastly, if you find what you hear helpful, please share on your social media platforms and with your friends who might be interested in learning a thing or two about coffee and running a coffee business. All right. Thanks for listening. And here's the show. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Heart Day, y'all. It was all yellow. We back. And it was all yellow. Hey, happy Heart Day, guys. Where Uh, even have we been? Seriously. Well, if you look at your screen, there'll be a picture of... (laughs) Okay, what? ...of the painted uh, facility that is Dunwoody. We painted... We were painting. We painted the town. Nothing crazy, you know? Yep. Painted it all purple. It was all purple. It's not too far from purple on the color wheel. Yeah, pink. We're not not giving away anything about how dumb it is. (laughs) We're not giving away a dang thing. Guys, there's... Hey, but you know what we are giving away? Awesome deals. That's right. Yeah, perfect segue. Our Indiegogo campaign. Run, don't walk to the nearest Indiegogo shop where you can sign up for... Uh, deals. The first Kickstarter we did, we really had nothing to offer whatsoever, except and for it was terribly executed. It was also terribly executed because hey, it was our first. It was like the first thing we did as a company in business ever. Yeah, like we had we hadn't even <laughs> <laughs> like the first project we ever did as professionals was a Kickstarter, and it showed. Um, but now we really do have some great stuff to offer com- as like compared to last time. Tell them what they can get, Ross. Well, there's a lot of great uh, different perks to donating, whether you are a local cat or a national cat. No I, matter why what, are we doing this, first of all? Well, we're raising $25,000 for our build out in our Dunwoody Cafe. Our new location, and uh, just just uh, some money to put us put us over the edge and get us closer to to being on budget. That's right. And so we we were going to do Kickstarter, but Kickstarter wouldn't allow us to do deals this amazing. That's right, right. So these deals, <laughs> That's right. They're too good. So we had to take our talents down to Indiegogo. <laughs> and Kickstarter knew we'd raise too much money. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't send that through their servers without like. Does not compute. Yeah. Beep boop. Bleep boop. Too yep. big. But yeah. Um. What What are some of the the deals that people can get if they are not local? Funny you should ask, Ross. <laughs> 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 Why don't we just breeze on through them? 
I would say the the sub one hundred dollar packages are more of like you're a Valor Stan, and oh, wow. you're gonna throw us a little bit of extra money that we aren't gonna just break even on in the long run. Like for thirty dollars, you can get a box of free throw. Yes, it's normally fifteen dollars, okay, and you can get a sticker. But that's just like, hey, Valor, I love you so much. Here's a little bit of extra cash. Here's more money. And then fifty dollars, you're working with a, a an exclusive. Dunwoody Valor mug mm. and a sticker. And then for $75, you're getting the box of rethrow, the mug, and the sticker. So, how about that? And then lastly, uh, you know, at that cheaper price range, cheap. It's not cheap anymore. 100 bucks is 100 bucks. Am I right? Hey, that's right. <laughs> for well $100, you get the Founders package, which is the Dunwoody Founders Club t-shirt uh very exclusive very exclusive you also do get an invite to our friends and family night but if you live in texarkana you're probably not gonna be able to get out to that one probably not shout out to texarkana now now what is texarkana that's one thing i wanted to know help us understand that i would assume that it's probably borders texas and arkansas oh okay Okay. We're going to need to look into this. While you're looking that up, I am brewing a very exciting coffee. Probably one of the most exciting coffees that we've brought on so far. Lo and behold, Texarkana, Arkansas, Texas. Amazing. How far is it from here? I mean, they could probably drive if they wanted to. Directions, work. Okay. Wait, wait. I'm going to guess 14 hours. Wrong. You're so wrong. Hours. You're so wrong. Ten hours, eleven minutes. Oh, that's a that's a a day's drive. That's just a day's drive. Go go a little longer around. Go through Memphis. Uh, a couple more wholesale partner package. You unlock wholesale pricing on our website. What does uh, that mean? That means you get anywhere between thirty and fifty percent off all your coffee that you order online. For a whole year. As if you were a wholesale partner. That's right. So that's 250 bucks. You can definitely save some some cash there. And that's then big. the long distance relationship, that's $500. That is a 10 ounce box of coffee every two weeks for a year. Shipped to you. Free shipping. So if you're paying shipping on that one, it could end up being more like 625 But we're selling that one for $500. And then some of the other ones above that are very cafe-focused. All the more expensive ones are. Um, My Just the highlights for me are the private – is the concert on there? Yeah, that's the ear piercer. No one's gotten that one, thank God. Come on, guys. I want to I wanna do a show with my boys. We need two electric basses <laughs> and I'll play guitar. No, I want to play acoustic bass. Acoustic bass, electric bass. Can you play the – uh, steel guitar, like pedal steel. Yeah, no, I cannot. That's so hard. Can you learn though for the for the? Uh, you can put in work hours, like do it on the clock. That sounds really unwise, but um, I yes, I'll. Do I'm it. I'm also waiting for the. It's risky, but the ten thousand dollars coffee for life. Because if you just do a little math there, like at if, that point you're just betting on us staying in business. Which, I mean, so wait. <laughs> If you if you go a lot and say you like you would max out at like three grand 
value per year. I mean, that's only like three years. Yeah. But it's for life. For life. It's for life. And I, I can guarantee, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to make it at least three years, right? Easily. Right? Right. <laughs> right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah totally. I would, I would really think that someone, maybe one person will do it. But also maybe no one will do it. Who knows? We just threw it out there. And if you want it, go get it. I will. I will say our top spender spent four thousand dollars last year. So, in the cafe, there's probably some food involved. Very little. Okay, trust me. Very little food involved. Uh, so, I saw him in there this morning. Yep. I, I don't think that he has has copped it yet, though. No, I I met a I met a guy, Skyler. He told me that he got the coffee for a year. I saw that. That was awesome. So, we're moving and grooving towards it. Yeah. Maybe I'll get coffee for life. It's such a good deal. There it's, you go. It's just, it's just that good. So anyways, if you want to hit that link in the description and donate to our Indiegogo campaign, we would so appreciate it. It's probably going to go towards like bathroom furniture or something at this point. That is a missing piece. Uh, bathroom furniture is expensive. I was looking at it yesterday. And I'm like, when you say bathroom furniture. He means toilets. All right. <laughs> Uh, the storage cabinets yeah. in there. Is it kind of going to be like a, a chair if you want to bring somebody else in there? I don't think so. For group poops? No. Group poops. I don't think we're going to encourage group poop, but... Well. Hey, 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 one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. What do we got slated for the rest of the show, guys? Well, Ross wanted to talk about the coffee. I did. Oh, I did. This is a big thing for us. all you want to talk about. He's chomping at the bit. We the have bit. always wanted to do... What we just did, which is have a three pack, come on, variety pack, yep, coffee offering, and we just dropped it. Should have called it variety show. Variety show. Missed opportunity. Dagum. Colombia Felipe Trujillo three Trujillo. pack. Trujillo. Trujillo. Well, there's two L's. Yeah. So in have you ever heard Spanish, of Spanish? When there's two L's, oh, it makes yeah. the Y. Yeah. Right. Like Yama. Thank you for that, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyways, Especially like if uh, if if Ross uh, can't speak Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike this, if you think I can speak Spanish, wait, dislike, it. <clears throat> yeah, sorry, dislike this. <laughs> um, anyways, so we have the same coffee from Colombia from our friends at Unblended. It is the same lot, farm, grower variety. All of the specs. The only difference is it is processed three different ways. And the three different ways are pretty... It's stuff I've never tried before. The first one is washed. We've all tried washed before. Um, but you might be expecting the wash to be the most boring. <laughs> Some would say <laughs> that you might expect the wash to be the most boring. Are you stealing my script from yes. that reel? Yes. What the heck? Well, it's true. It's a good, it's a good script. Um, but it's really not. It is. It tastes like an Ethiopian to me. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's good. The one that I'm brewing right now is kombucha processed, and uh, and that one is where the coffee is fermented with scoby. You're kidding. Which is wild. Scoby, scoby, scoby. Yeah. Um, which thank you to that scoby in Colombia, Colombian yeah, scoby. Wherever you are, yeah. We know you're alive. May you get back to brewing kombucha soon, but thank you for taking a little pit stop on some coffee beans. That's right. That's right. It'll be forever changed, I'm sure. 
And so that's what I'm brewing right now. Um, do you know how that coffee is processed pre-fermentation? Is it just a natural sun-dried I think, kind of thing? I think it's a washed. And in, in the washing tanks, they have SCOBY. Is that right, Ethan? Um, I'm excited to taste it again, but it, it did taste like if a washed was just a little more crazy. Okay. Less like if a natural got even crazier. Okay, heard. Why don't you guys leave leave this one to me? Okay. Huh? Yeah, that's what that I was trying to lead into. I just want to talk about my feelings, like what I think about it. I don't want the facts. I'm not reading off of Unblended's website right now. Like I just have all this information up here. Wow. The coffee was conceived with one goal in mind. Produce a complex, <laughs> high-quality coffee, wow. but low cost. You're so well-spoken. That's why Ventola thought of using SCOBY for kombucha to elaborate a culturing that would help to develop rich acidity combined with complex fruity flavors. It is a semi-washed, semi-washed, okay. a.k.a. honey. Wow. And much like the Cochadas. Cochadas process... While it is being harvested, the cherries are placed as they come into open tanks alongside the kombucha culturing. Dun, dun. Drink up, boys. So cool. So it's honey processed, which if you don't know, is where they pluck the cherry off the tree. And when they are removing the cherry from the seed on the inside, they only partially remove it. Right. And that uh, and then they leave it out to dry. Is that right? Or or they, depending on what the thing is, they either ferment it or dry it or wash it, whatever. Point is, it's uh, it's kind of in between a washed and a natural sun-dried. So, and then they ferment it with SCOBY in this case. The third process-ing method in this three-pack is wine and induction. And uh, this is where they cook the coffee seeds, cherries on or off. I think it's a... Uh anaerobic fermentation for 270 hours. I think that clocks in around a little over 11 days. Nuts. Which is, I mean, I think typical is more like two to three days. Yeah. So that's just crazy already. Um, I'm guessing if they're drying it after that, they would probably de-pulp it. But yeah, it's dried at 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's not... It's like a hot summer day. It's just like a hot day. It but I think the coolest thing is that it's like consistent. You know, it's like yeah. a, it's like a controlled drying phase. Let me just access my fountain information again. We just think about it really hard. Okay, there it is. Wine and induction, named after its wine like flavor and the untraditional way it is dried. Felipe created this coffee as a way to experiment, Ross, how heat during the drying phase, Ethan, transformed the flavors in the cup. Listener. Listener. <laughs> Josh Cappuccino. The result was a strong chocolate taste and balanced cup with citric notes and sweetness of pineapple. For this recipe, he fermented the cherries in closed tanks for 270 hours, then immediately put the cherries into an induction oven at 35 degrees Celsius. That's 95 degrees Fahrenheit until the humidity reached about 11, 12%. That's optimal. This induction oven changes the temperature of the air in intervals, allowing the beans to dry in a consistent and homogeneous way. So the cherries are on. Cherries in, on, in the baby. Oven, yeah. And then they then, then they get them off. Oh yeah. Um 
It's it's wild. And so this is obviously a spotlight on progressive, innovative processing methods because you have the washed, which is the coffee in its truest form, and you have these two just curveball, oddball. Crazy ball. Crazy. <laughs> processing methods. Yeah. Kombucha and wine and induction. I want to get on the get on the horn with Felipe. He really him and obviously unblended as well really make themselves very accessible to the roaster and conversing i want to go down there heck let's go man let's pack up the kids take them down (laughs) Woo! yeah family trip yeah and why we're talking about all this hearkening back (laughs) um if you remember we had the unblended people on um lucas and barry lucas and barry what was that legends a few months ago yeah, a few months ago. And we were just talking about the importance of highlighting innovation and quality at origin from the farmer, from the producer. And so it's a cool opportunity that we get a partner with here to highlight Felipe's work. And that kind of will hopefully inspire him to be more creative, like fund his creativity, as well as give the farmers that he's around uh, – more drive, more innovation, more um, like hunger for their, their, <laughs> their, I guess careers. Yeah, get, mm. and and spark the next generation of farmers. That's big. Uh, that was the big the big eye opener for all of us. I think is that the average age of coffee farmer globally is is super old. Yeah, uh, and it's not it, that that number should be. Like the average age of coffee farmers should just stay the same year to year because you have older people that are retiring or dying off and then you have younger people that are joining the craft and so it should stay the same. Uh, but it's not. It's it's getting older every year. And so um, some of these experimental processing methods are attracting more younger farmers. For sure. Um, which is, is really noble work. You always like – whenever I hear people say – Oh, the coffee industry is, you know, it's going to die out if we don't do this, this, this. My first, my first uh, reaction, honestly, is like, we're we're fine. It's fine. Like you're you're making a big deal out of out of this. It's coffee industry is going to be just fine. But hearing that, I was like, wow, that's a really objective, non political thing. That just like younger farmers aren't getting into this because mm-hmm. they're pursuing other careers because mm-hmm. it's just better for them. So mm. props to the folk at Unblended and uh, and all of their associated farms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, let's move into our next segment here. Five-minute book club with Coffee Sometimes and Valor Coffee. Let's go. This segment is brought to you by Valor Coffee. <laughs> if it needed to be said. <laughs> Valor Coffee. Do you ever want an awesome cup of coffee? Try Valor Coffee. Yeah. It, do you want a, an awesomer wholesale partner? Try Valor Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want a better place to edit photos? Try Valor Coffee. <laughs> do you want to set up your entire desk setup in a coffee shop? <laughs> Try the A-Bar. Bellwood Coffee. <laughs> Try Bellwood yeah, Coffee. Just I hear go to that Bell, it's, go to I Bellwood. I hear they have a lot of space. Yeah. That's funny. Burn. Yeah. Well, we had a a wonderful gentleman by the name of Ethan. Not me. Not not, not this me. wonderful gentleman. Ethan Ponce. 
Ethan Pons. Oh, baby. yeah, you said wonderful gentleman. Sorry, I should. Hey, we <laughs> automatically not you. Ethan, Ethan has given us a lot to think about. Thank you, hasn't he, boys? Ethan, thank you, thank you I so mean, much. Thank you. His he did write a lot. Just to got us. a live and contribution. Any he, he, what? The live contribution to the Indiegogo thirty dollars. There that, we go. Oh my gosh, was that President Barack Obama? <laughs> thanks, Obama. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Barack. Um. But anyway, so he he wrote us a ton of questions, and he also recommended us this book. So for all you listeners out there, whenever you write in to the Coffee Sometimes podcast, which you can do by emailing info at Ballard.coffee, we read those. Or messaging Coffee Sometimes pod on Instagram. Yep. Or text Ross at 404-555. Uh, anyways, we read those and they actually do move the needle on what we want to talk about because we really love interacting with all of you, especially since our audience is so wide reaching and so national that we are able to really it is like there's just people from all over the country uh, and maybe the world. Yeah, uh, we you, see you world. Can you run the numbers on that, Vic T? If, yeah. if we're worldwide. Um, but he recommended this book to us and, uh, there's only so much that we can talk about as three young cats in the industry about hospitality and culture and running a coffee business. Um, and I don't want to say that we've, uh, we've told you guys everything we, we know, the tank. <laughs> but, um, let's just say that you got to be filling the tank, got to fill the tank. There's got to be input and output, all right? That's mm-hmm. right. And as this first chapter suggests, uh, it's it's great to – it enforces one of our values, which is hunger for growth. Mm. And that's one of the big things that he talks about in the first chapter. But uh, apparently this guy, Will Gidara, uh, was Gidara. an a- apprentice or a coworker um, with Danny Meyer – who wrote Setting the Table, which is a book that is uh, our love for it is well documented on this program. And uh, this book is a bit of a, a sequel to Setting the Table in the words of Ethan Ponce. That is. So um, we thought we'd give it a, a read. And uh, I know my mom, she's, you know, she's a faithful listener of the program. She's reading along? She, did, she bought the book. She got through the affiliate link? I I forgot to ask her, but I I would hope so. I'm just kidding. Um, so I know some other listeners out there. It'd be great if you grab this book. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast. And you're not behind the first chapters, yeah. like five pages. So that's right. You ain't missing much. Yeah. So it'd be great to have you guys write in your thoughts on the book, as well as hear uh, hear our thoughts and get get the conversation a stirring. Every week, we are literally going to set a five-minute timer for this book segment, and we will make it clear when we start it. And if you aren't reading the book, you can just skip ahead five minutes, and you'll be good to go. Or if you're not reading the book and you want to cheat read the book through uh, through us, yeah, there you go. Yeah, next up, uh, if you're in high school, we're going to do like Beowulf next. So Beowulf! Your, your yeah. spark notes right here. That's right. Still haven't seen the Beowulf movie. <laughs> oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's like weird animation, right? Yeah. Anyways. This is like back the, to Beowulf. the Jocko Willink podcast. Have you ever seen his podcast? He literally just reads like really dark, like 
depressing books about war and famine and like pathology and like just and just like talks about it. It's pretty cool. I, I I've listened to a couple. It's pretty great. But we're not gonna read you it. You like listen to that during your workout? No. <laughs> You're like, oh, you're Jocko. Yeah. War. Famine. <laughs> Pestilence. Pestilence. Uh, anyways, well. Well, well, do we want to start the timer? We'll start the timer, baby. All right. Timer is starting. Three. I'm not there yet. Three. Stop it. Two. They got to change the timer app. One it's and so a half. Bad. All right. And timer One. starting now. Maybe. So. What I liked about this book a little more than Well, I was just going to say, maybe we could start by saying just what the chapter name was. Yeah. And just throw out some of our key takeaways. Chapter one, welcome to the hospitality economy. So I think this chapter is really an overview of the book. Yeah. 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 So there's there are some nuggets to pull out, but definitely not a lot of deep diving. It's kind of just like a why hospitality overview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it start. I really liked the the gripping story it starts with with him and his partner getting invited to go to like the 50 best restaurants in the world conference and they're like whoa where are we gonna rank so fun and they're like so uh fish out of water everybody's out of their league like yeah all these famous chefs and restaurateurs and then they end up getting last place and they're like scarred basically Uh um but what the 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 crux of that story it's a quick uh quote he was like we we'd worked our butts off to earn a spot on that list but what really had we done that was groundbreaking the more we talked the more it became clear nothing we had everything we needed the work ethic the experience the talent the team but we'd been operating as a glorified curators picking the best features of all the great restaurants that had come before us and making them our own I loved that. That was big. glorified curators. That mm-hmm. that was convicting to, was to convicting. use a, a Christian word, but like that that can be what we end up being. That that if we're not careful, we just kind of grab. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And that works, but it's not excellent. Well, I think there's a difference between inspiration and curation, right? There's a difference between like just taking someone's idea or being like. Oh, I I like why you did this. Yeah, and then doing your own thing. How can that theme apply for me? Yeah. Mm. Um, but since we only have five minutes, I mean, we can. You guys, please share whatever, whatever you like. But I think it was like one of the last things was he was like, "I'm going to give you a secret. Hospitality is a selfish pleasure. Mm. Mm. It feels great to make other people feel good." Yeah. At the core of that statement, do you guys believe that? That, like, hospitality is a selfish pleasure? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a selfish pleasure, pleasure for you, especially. And Me? Yeah, you and your, your type, you know? Oh, you are talking to me. Yeah, you. Um, but I think anyone can feel that way. Whenever you have the review that someone leaves of, you know, I've been dealing with... I've been going through cancer treatment and Valor's the only bright spot in, like in all of this and really pulled me through it. Um, Heck that yeah. makes it all worth it. That makes being nice to the mean people worth it. Totally. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's it's, it's flipping the script on 
uh, and, and he talks about this, the difference between service and hospitality. Um, a, a big stigma of people that work in the service industry is that it's just a job and, and that it, the only reason they have that job is because they can get it. It's a service job. It's your serving tables or, or whatever it may be. And um, it's, it's elevating the role of uh, the servant, um, ha- someone that really takes pleasure in serving another person. Um, that this, the, the excerpt that stuck out to me the most is something that's really in line with our vision at Valor. And it reads, Chefs at the finest restaurants in the world had long been celebrated for being unreasonable about the food they served. At 11 Madison Park, which is the name of the restaurant that uh, he represents. At 11 Madison Park, we came to realize the remarkable power of being unreasonable about how we made people feel. I'm writing this book because I believe it's time for every one of us to start being unreasonable about hospitality. And I assume the whole book is about how that's how they ended up making the number one spot is that the way that they really pioneered the industry is by being unreasonable about hospitality and not just about plating and sourcing that you might expect at a restaurant. And what, like what if we had a, a wave of coffee shops in our, in our industry that, started to become unreasonable about their hospitality as opposed to just, you know, the extraction of the pour over or the interior design or, or whatever these things that we've, that have come to characterize our industry. And I, I was reflecting on just that thought of like, what if there was a fourth wave, you know, like fourth wave coffee was just all about hospitality and all about how we're making our employees and our, and our uh, guests feel um, and I realized that it's kind of happening. And as as a company that really stands for that, and you know, on this podcast, we we do everything we can to push that narrative forward. We have people reach out to us, whether it's people that want to use our coffee in a wholesale capacity, or or just fellow industry people that believe what we believe. There really is a wave of coffee shops that are saying, yes, let's have amazing coffee, but we're that that's not enough. Like it's, it's time that we were, uh, started to become unreasonable about our, our hospitality and how we make people feel. Yeah. It, the, the heavy hitter in this one for me was fads fade and cycle, but the human desire to be taken care of never goes away. Yeah. That was, uh, that's cool because you can have all the cool experimental processing that we're talking about, but you know, in 20 years, maybe we'll look back on that and be so far advanced from that to where it's like, you know, that's not even good anymore. Yeah. And, you know, so if you build the foundation of your company on that thing, like we're only going to serve kombucha processed coffees mm-hmm. that's very hyper specific but you have that and then it it changes and the next thing comes along and you pivot to that but it's never going to change that someone wants to walk in somewhere and be treated well that's right five minute book club more that like was... six minutes we're like four minutes of ross am i right <laughs> yeah I'm excited, boys, to, to go through this book with you guys and any listeners that want to join in. It'll be great. 
<laughs> Do you guys want to talk about the hiring fair? Yeah. Because I wanted to segue with one last thing I liked about the first chapter, but it just has to do with hiring. Yeah. I just never thought about this aspect. He was talking about bringing on the team. He was saying, he was asking like one of the first questions that he asked is, do they seem curious and passionate about what we're trying to build? And I felt like that was honestly like a pretty big underlying delineation between who kept moving forward and who, we were like, that eh, doesn't seem like a great fit. Yeah. Was like, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking out for yourself and looking for a healthy job. But the way you can go about that is kind of two different ways. You like, you're just thinking about yourself and you don't really care about what you're walking into. Or there's like, hey, let me check this thing out and see what they're all about and see if it's worth me coming into, which is cool. Right. Yeah. People are like, interviewing you a little bit about like, yeah. well, tell me about the company. Like, how do you guys do this? What what about this? What's your vision for this? Mm-hmm. I'm always like, yeah. Heck yeah. I'm not trying to just talk about myself in the interview, but like I, I want to know that you are like into this. Well, I want to know that that person values themselves enough to even care. Yeah. Like wh- whenever whenever somebody starts interviewing us in an interview and and they are sort of seeing if we are a worthy time investment, it tells me that they value their time and it tells me that they think that what they have to offer is worth something. Yeah. And they don't want to invest that, uh, they don't want to invest that talent that they've been given into something that is not going to return. And that was one of the biggest things with starting Valor is that, we wanted to bring people on that were already doing what we are trying to do in Valor. Mm-hmm. What, whatever you want to take from our our sort of culture wording, whether it's uplifting people through coffee or um, you know showing empathy with your actions or being someone who who's hungry for growth, um, we we're, we don't want to just teach people those things. We want to find people who already are living those things in some sense and then just add them to our team. So yeah, uh, the hiring fair was an event that we were experimenting with. Uh, and really it, it was an idea that my mom, mom is your second mention of the, the program. Care Bear. Care, Bear. Care Bear. I love you. Um, Care Bear has worked in human resources and employee engagement for a while. And she actually just launched her own business uh, in that field. So congrats, Carrie Bear. Um, But she was talking about how in a past role, she uh, did a huge hiring event, hiring fair, because they they had to hire a ton of people. Um, And it was a really, it it was a great event for a few different reasons. One of them is that it, it was in a very, it was a very efficient exercise because instead of having days and days and weeks and weeks of one-on-one interviews with an entire pantheon of people, you have this one event where you learn something about the candidates that you wouldn't have been able to learn had you just had a one-on-one interview. So not only is it efficient because you're bringing in all these people 
and you're going to learn something about all of them. But you're also going to get to learn something that you wouldn't have learned had you just had a one-on-one interview. And that was the, the, the big vision behind this event was that um, we don't want to just ask group interview questions that we would normally just ask in a one-on-one interview. We want to find, find out character traits and dip, dip people's different propensities towards leadership or uh, towards followership or, you know, is this person going to commandeer a team and take over or are they going to um, maybe be more of an idea person or are they going to get frustrated? Uh, and so we had games that we did throughout the night. Um, we, we did throw out a couple group interview questions. We did some Q and a, um, we did some really silly youth group esque games. Um, it was a good throwback for me. Yeah. Felt safe. You felt seen. Yeah. And we also got the chance to kind of put a little bit of our orientation up on the, uh, the projector and talk about some of who we are. How did that feel? Cause you just kind of talked for like 10 minutes maybe. Yeah. It felt, it felt like the people there were really listening. I was about to say, did you learn, you know, you don't have to get deep on it, but like, did you like realize anything about anyone while you were doing that? I obviously it was for them yeah. to get a taste of like, Hey, just, you know, this is what we're about. This is who we are. So, you know, you're applying for a job and you deserve to know more. But yeah. was there anything like in just looking at people? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was half that. It was half like us conveying who we are to these candidates. But literally the other half of it was like I was just watching how people were receiving it and like listening or not listening. Yeah. Um, no snoozers? <laughs> no snoozers um just bruisers lots of bruisers though what was what was your your take on the night boys like did did you have a moment that stuck out to you or something that uh would you one would you want to do this again and why maybe we'll start there would you want to do this type of event again and why Ethan, you, me, oh okay. Ethan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Riley doesn't like to be put on the spot I'll give you time to process. Uh, I loved it, man. I was tickled. I think we we already love to host. We love to have parties. So just felt supernatural to get a bunch of people. Supernatural. Yeah, it felt supernatural. <laughs> like it was extraterrestrial. Ha- having the barista parties here, I think, prepared us in some sense for, for this event too. Totally. Yeah, it was cool. Ross and Riley were making drinks for everybody, which was so sweet. Uh, that was that was a fun part for sure. I got to take orders. Felt like the old days. Uh, and I think my favorite aspect of it was like just watching people interact because I say this in like our uh, all staffs or different moments. I'm like, there's a lot I we're chill about, but like the thing that I really value the most about work is how we work as a team and communicate to one another. So you don't really get to see that in an interview, right? You don't get to see how some an interviewee would talk to peers because they're talking to like people they're trying to impress for a job. But we kind of got to watch like a little fly in the wall moment of like how people just talk to norm normies. Yeah. Like 
maybe even maybe they even have like a little bit of like competition yeah. in the air too. So you're gonna be like short, you're gonna be chill, you're gonna like go stand alone, you're gonna like was well, kind of like are you just gonna come talk to me and like try to like win me over? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Um so that was really cool just to see that dynamic like play out and like see how you know, it's awkward just walking into a group you don't know and you're trying to get a job and there's like 20 people. Um, but to see how that kind of like people got more and more comfortable and like found friends throughout the night, I thought that was like a cool part of it. And then uh, I was impressed too when we did the Q&A time. Um, people had some really cool questions. Mm-hmm. I was with uh, Carly and Jordan and um, uh, Caleb and Luke and Mikey and they're asking me and Mikey some really like profound questions. So I was like, that was one of my favorite parts of the night. Actually, we, did, we didn't plan to do it either. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, it feels good to talk, you know, and give some more clarity on the job and the company. But they're quite it, like their questions were so profound and like deep. I was like, oh man, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I loved it. Would totally recommend if you're own a business and you're trying to do something like that. It's a it's a thumbs up moment for us at least. We did it with so shout out to the team. It was the three of us and then our two cafe leaders, Mikey and Lillaby. Yeah, and I think having all those hands on eyes there, it was uh, it was awesome, powerful. For sure. Did you uh, did you visualize yourself as like what it would be like if you were attending this event? I was trying to think about that. I was like, I don't know. I didn't see anyone who. Like I would just be like, oh, that would totally be how I would do it, but I don't really know how I would how I would have acted because like it was tough, man. Like we were having them do like exercises and like team building stuff, and I feel like depending on my mood, I can kind of like be a little different in those situations. Or yeah, and and one thing, I mean, it's tough. You were kind of like purposely vague on some stuff. Yeah, just like kind of see what happens, see who takes the reins who kind of chills back who like shuts down so uh yeah it was like a it's a really revealing time i feel like so mm-hmm. um yeah who knows maybe i maybe i would just slip through the cracks and be like you guys be going through the list you're like ethan, ethan who's ethan? who was ethan <laughs> oh he's a guy who like kept taking bathroom breaks yeah he's kept taking smoke breaks yeah guilty what about you riley my favorite part was when we paired everyone off and we gave them five minutes to learn each other's backstory and then after that we said you have 45 seconds to tell the other person's backstory we're giving away our secrets here but uh no one was prepared that they were going to have to present the other person so you really had a good understanding of how good of a listener the individual was yeah Everyone was a pretty good listener, so that was cool. Um, but I just, <laughs> I think it was a really good practice in, um, in, su- I mean, first of all, you're just surprised with having to do that. and Yeah, because they don't know that they're going to have to only talk about the other person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in short, that was my favorite part, you guys. Yeah, because you're, you're going to that event being like, I want a job and I'm going to do everything I can do to put my best foot forward at this event amongst all these other people who also want the same job I'm trying to get. Mm -hmm. And so to 
with that exercise, like to just make it all about the other person and how like the, the failure of that exercise is if you just only talk about yourself. And another little nuance of that part was that we told them that they have five minutes to get to know one another. And that was it. We didn't say, all right, there's going to be a two minute 30 timer for person one to talk to person two. And then at the end of that timer, we'll start another one and person two can get to know person one. It was just like, you have five minutes to get to know one another go. And so you got to see if, you know, maybe one person took all of that time just to talk about themselves or, you know, if how, how, the, how they were going to manage that five minutes to get to know one another. So yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. I, I did not expect to have as much fun as I did. I thought that it would be a productive time and a, a useful time, but there was a point in the night where I was like, am I having too much fun? Like, do I need to feel like I'm working a little bit more because I kind of just feel like I'm at a party, like getting to know people and they were all so pleasant and sweet. Um, so if you're listening and you came to the event, a special thank you to you for your time to you and yours. And I uh, hope you hope you had a good time. Oh yeah. I did like it was, I didn't know that we were doing this, but I think you and Mikey and maybe someone else set up goodie bags for everybody that went. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. So I would have liked to make it like fully catered and, you know, make it more of a, a blessing to the people that took time out of their life to show up to this, you know, unpaid thing. Yeah. Um, of course, though, you know, we're not selling freaking gold. Dime, we're not diamonds. selling gold and diamonds. We're selling coffee beans. So, mm. hey, another man's diamonds or another man's coffee beans. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, unless you guys have something else you want to talk about, what? Where are we at in the the Dunwoody build out? Like uh, Dunwoody. Maybe Dunwoody. think like four months ago. You thought about all the things that we need to do to make this cafe happen. Like, where are we at in that list? I know a really big one for me was just uh, getting closer to assembling the team because that's a big part of my role. That's huge. And that that was something that really started to get me excited and really started to help me visualize what this new season is going to be like, getting the right uh, people in and is it it's a pretty pretty scary feat to uh you guys ever scared of feet very <laughs> stinky feet it's like the opposite of a foot fetish anyways um huh. but we had to hire like 13 15 people and um we're on our way we're well on our way we're on our way um we've never had to hire more than two people so but i'm two fifteen. I'm just really uh, impressed and just surprised with how well it's going. I feel great about the the team that we're building. Provision. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. It's good. Yeah. I was kind of just like the worst part about this build out is going to be painting the ceiling and (laughs) we're done with that. So it's pretty easy. Shout out Ross. Ross, uh, Single-handedly painted the ceiling. Literally, like the sprayer. With his hand. hand. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever switch hands? No. No. Right right hand the whole time? I thought my neck was going to hurt from looking up. The only thing that hurt is that I got a mild concussion and had headaches because I kept (laughs) 
hitting my head on these metal ducks. Mm. I know what you mean, man. I was only up there for a couple of days painting uh, the tops of the walls, and I I knocked my nog, dude, multiple times. And it's not it's not like oh I hit my head. It's like no, that was like jagged metal. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> all I could do whenever I hurt myself like that. I don't know what you or listeners do whenever uh Uh-oh. when you just like randomly earmuffs hurt, kids hurt yourself a lot. But all I do is I'm just like. And I just like feel the pain. I just like sit there for a second. I'm like, oh, well, back to it. Pain is temporary. (laughs) Pain is weakness leaving the body. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, a lot of the stuff from here on out is just the finer details. And some of the finer details are a little more stressful. Like, yeah, uh, I was was throwing, throwing money every which way out the gate. And now I'm just like, we don't have as much of it anymore. So... (laughs) I'll buy this, I'll buy this, I'll buy this. Uh, now it's like, <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm losing hair, guys, if I'm being real. I've, have we, I mean, we've talked about how I'm losing hair, so I know how you feel. <laughs> well, yeah, we're in like the final stage, so the probably the last like big visual thing that needs to get done is the floors need to get done, so they need to be sanded, sealed, and uh, coated. Sign sealed delivered. Sign sealed and delivered. Once that's done, um, and then there's like a couple wall things, it's really a matter of, and this takes a lot longer than one might think, but just like getting everything in. Furnishings and connections. Yeah. Installation, a lot of equipment installation. Um, and then really once that's done, it's just getting all your your – your ducks in a row, so all of your oh, the ducks are there. Yeah, the ducks are in. Uh, the the uh, Ross didn't his head on them. Your certificate of occupancy and your fire marshal approval and your build out approval. Womp, 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 your health womp, womp, womp. Ca- health uh, code inspection and stuff like that. So it's like the nitty, the nitty gritty. Um, our roastery is currently just full, probably like over a semi-truck full of... Why do we call it semi-trucks? Where are the full trucks? Semi-trucks are pretty huge. I can only imagine what a full truck would be. Is it... You know how some trucks, there's two... uh, There's two... Semi? uh, Trailers. There's two trailers. Maybe that's a full. Is that a full? Uh, This is a great opportunity to comment below, listeners. If you're a trucker or know a trucker. Yeah. If you're trucker adjacent or you are a trucker. Or if you own this to our new segment, Trucker Corner. Trucker hats. Coming, yeah. We're coming back. It's like you watch Sunday conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Every week they're like, we have a new segment <laughs> brought to you by whoever. Yeah. And it's always a different segment. It's just like something he comes up with on the spot. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's funny. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I feel really left out. You would honestly love it. What is it? It is a YouTube channel interview scenario brought to you by Barstool Sports. You know the guy from Barstool, Caleb, is that his name? Caleb Presley, yeah, he's got really long, the long hair. hair. He just interviews really famous, famous people. people, and he's really awkward. Like makes them feel awkward on purpose. Nice, and it's really funny. Like between two ferns, it kinda. is very yeah, similar for sure. 
Nice. It's very similar. Very funny. That is hilarious. And then stuff. there's just a third guy eating a hot fudge sundae, like ice cream, which watching it happen. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what is that guy doing? <laughs> I want that guy's job. Uh, but yeah, they just like interviewed Drake and uh, it's mostly like rappers, country artists, and uh, athletes. Yeah. So like the big three. Anyways. Three. It's kind of what we're modeling this whole thing. Yeah, we're gonna after. get some people in there. That's why. That's why you were asking me uh, if I had all the time in the world, would I just like go hard on editing the podcast with like intense zoom ins and stuff? Because yeah. it's just like constant zoom in, zoom out type zoom. of editing. I don't know what we got planned, but I gotta share what Lillaby sent us about the cowboy hat. We did have a cowboy hat segment a little while ago. That was. Places you can and cannot wear cowboy hats. And socially and physically, you know, like what would prevent you from doing such? All right, let me just go down, scrolly, scrolly. Guys, keep the show going. I've got a really deep question for Big T that I want to pose to him. Oh, okay. Well, I got this. So, but I'll, I'll do this first. Yeah. So, we were talking about where can. Oh, it's because we were talking about going bald yep. and wearing a cowboy hat instead. <laughs> I have a cowboy hat. Thank you. My uh, my youth pastor, Ronnie, gave me a cowboy hat. So At what point? You're still in youth group? I think it was when I got married. He gave me a, a matchbox and a cowboy hat. That is wild. Yep. I love it. Thank you, Ronnie. Um Places I'm just getting hit up today, guys. I see your phone. Four calls during this podcast. You're so important. Flex. Come on, dude. Um, Okay. Places you cannot wear a cowboy hat. Let's see if we agree. Nude beaches. Disagree. I do disagree as well. I would say it's just an accent piece. It's like you're still nude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Inside tiny, cool sports cars. That's probably true. Too tall. Yeah, like, if like you, a Mazda Miata. You. I'm, I'm thinking Miatas. Uh, yeah, I would say that's that is very true. Inside of a cowboy store hat, they'll think you're stealing. But cowboy you, hat store. What did I say? A cowboy oh. store hat. <laughs> <laughs> I can the read. Hat that says cowboy store. That's pretty <laughs> sick, honestly. All right, yeah. now we now we have another idea. That one is iffy. It's I feel debatable. like they'd probably be used to it there, Lilby. Because if you're buying another one, you probably have like you probably have. It'd be like walking into a Nike store with Nikes on. But well, I bet real cowboys don't buy cowboy hats that often. Well, because so. they're so nice that they buy them infrequently, or because people know that they're cowboys, so they buy them cowboy hats. I was thinking more <laughs> of just like they probably have the same hat for like 10 years. It's more of like they just have their hat. Until it like rips in half. Yeah. So yeah, then they would go to the store without their hat. Because it's ripped in half. it's ripped. Yeah. So valid. Places you can wear a hat, hot air balloon, you can be the cowboy of the sky that no pilot could ever be because you are free of headrests. <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, headrests... Are known to be the enemy of cowboy hats. So I guess airplane. There you go. For yeah. I cannot. Well, but then if you're a cowboy, you're probably sleeping on the airplane. You're not like playing your Nintendo Switch. You're gonna put it over so your you head. Just do like this. Well, that's a really be 
up, though, because you don't want that back bill. Uh, birthday parties. You're now the birthday cowboy. Instant hint. Instant clout. Instant conversation starter. True. Hmm. If you ever need a good conversation starter when you're Just going wear to a birthday a cowboy party. Hat. Cage diving. You may not be able to scuba dive with your cowboy hat, but in this case, you can trust that if your hat tries to float away, it'll stay in the cage. Hmm. Yeah. Don't... Do the cages have tops? The sharks are going to get in, man, if, if the cage doesn't they've have got, a top. They've got a top. they got a top. You'd also just float out of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. True. Thank Rivers. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Lillaby. That was yeah. really nice. We needed that. I needed that. Well, uh, what were you gonna were you I'm gonna sorry. ask him a question? I was. Oh, I know we're we're no. Nah, I want to wrap before the question. Just kidding. What's up, man? Here it is. I think there's a lot of business owners out there that listen on this program, right? And they may or may not be flushed with cash. I know that a lot of people that start coffee shops are not flushed with cash, and certainly people that start coffee carts or you know had similar routes to ours. Uh, they may be stressed about money. And you mentioned being stressed about money. What do you do, whether it's you know, either practically, like literally what, what do you do to eliminate stress about money just to get clarity on it or what, whatever that may be? Or, and then maybe what do you do? What do you have to remind yourself of in that, in that situation? Because the truth is, is that one of your jobs is to be stressed about money or at least be wary of spending because you are the the finance guy financial like, controller i'm just excited about the the new location because that's part of my job is like just to like push us forward and have ideas and you know like but i'm not really like thinking about money certainly not as much as you are and so as the person who does think about money what do you do whenever stress hits or you're like oh crap like I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. But what what normally goes through your mind there? Hmm. And how many credit cards do you apply for when you're stressed? <laughs> well, ten to twelve. Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of just a fluctuation. Like, if I'm being fully transparent, yesterday I was just pretty stressed and worn down and worried. And it just wasn't a good day. Yeah. But. Because it was your bookkeeping day. I was thinking, <laughs> it was I was, my bookkeeping I was day. thinking about that today. You're like, I'm staying doing book, bookkeeping. I was like, Uh-oh. I'm just, I can't tell you. It's just like those days I'm just like doing this all day long. Because it's also, you know, everyone's least favorite part of the job is helping me do bookkeeping. <laughs> I'm not trying to put that on you guys yeah, yeah. or Mikey or Sam or anyone, but like it's really easy to like forget to do the like routine tasks that I have to have to like for bookkeeping. So, and you get this with like accounts receivable and stuff is like, you know, a good bit of this time is spent like chasing down loose ends yeah. at the front end of the day. And so that pushes like some tasks that could be accomplished like to the back end of the day. Um, it's no one's, you know, it's no one's fault. I'm not like pointing fingers. It's just like a part of the job. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't bookkeeped in like three weeks because we've been doing stuff at Dunwoody and it was just like a lot of catching up on that. 
And so, you know, naturally I'm just like, okay, like this is, we're, we're cutting it close here. Um, you know, we do have some buffer area. It's just like starting to cut into the buffer area. Um, and, you know, ultimately I was really stressed. The reality is that worst case scenario is, you know, with any, with, com- with like the whole company is like, we're about to open a new cafe, be making more money from that cafe. The way our company structures, we'll be able to offload some of the stuff here, like to one cafe, to the other. Uh, even if we weren't doing that great in sales, it would help. The roastery is going to make more cash. So like we're almost there. So it's like literally worst case scenario is we, you know, if, if we were to run out of money, which I don't think is going to happen, just get a working capital loan mm-hmm. for a few months and then you're good to go. Um, so that's where my head ends up going. But um, it's just all a cash flow thing. And if you aren't familiar with what that means, it's just like you have money that comes in and you have money that comes out. It's different at different points points of the month so like uh especially like the top of the month like i think like this past month i hadn't done you know like reconciling of the books since i ran payroll for like like payroll and like our our bi-weekly payroll and our monthly payroll hit at the same time at the top of the month and just whenever that happens it's just like and then you you're paying rent for both places you're paying your utilities and we had like two coffee orders that uh, like the payments were due green coffee so it's a cash flow thing so it's you know sometimes it might look bad but it's like wait we don't have to pay any bills for the next however many weeks yep it's a good example so um you know the cash flow it's just it was went in a weird spot and that had me like yeah i get it yeah i get it Thanks for doing this for us, Ryan. Yeah, man, we appreciate what you do. Well, I mean, at least I get to embezzle some money for myself. Whatever you need, man. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, it's a culture play. It's a culture play. <laughs> Embezzlement. Hey, I do have one question, though. Did you wear red on purpose today? No, I didn't. I, I more wore red for... Uh, I really represented the Falcons this past weekend. There you go. I wore my Falcon sweatshirt. I wore my Falcons hat. Just... Just repped my team You're for like, the big they, game. They should have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, should have yeah. been there. Oh, that would have been next year. Murder. We would have destroyed the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, God. Uh, Tyler Algier out there. Been a bloodbath. Hey, team that's worn white has won like the 15 of the past 16 Super Bowls. Really? Yeah. Wow. How about that. Does that mean like the I two no seed? Um, the away team. You, no, not even. I don't. I think it just switches back and forth from NFC to AFC every year. Oh, because they don't oh. seed those two. Divisions. Yeah, they're both just one. Because they, oh, they're both the one seed going into it mm-hmm. for their conference. Oh. Who was? We'll 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 do this and we'll wrap. Who were your? Who was your MVP for the game? Okay, I'll start. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Oh, he broke a record. I love it for the guy. Yeah. He He's caught a, a touchdown and that sick punt return That's to good. set up the win really yeah i and after what he went through with his underutilization with the giants yeah getting traded getting offloaded uh i don't know if you guys ever saw that like interview that the chiefs did where they're like asking everyone their favorite teammate no but 
they like asked him and it was like his second week there and he was just like so excited and was like Pat Mahomes. Like <laughs> because he was there getting the opportunity and look what he did. Super I mean, Bowl he, ring. He ripped it up at Florida. I'm a Florida Gator and watching him play was definitely the highlight of like the last five years. Him mm-hmm. and Kyle Pitts being on the same team, they're good. Yeah. They're good. So yeah, he that was well deserved performance. Um I'm a two spotter between Pacheco just for Can the, we not say Mahomes? Yeah, I'm saying like the the MVP besides <sighs> yeah, no. Mahomes. Yeah, you can't say Mahomes. Because obviously like he ripped it up. He, if, Didn't play as good as Jalen, but he played good. Oh, Jalen. Like, in other words, if he was not playing, they wouldn't have won. That's like MVP. For sure. But anyways. I, I was a two-way tie between Pacheco, just maybe less on stats, but more I'm just like, how crazy is it that a seventh-round rookie out of Rutgers is like leading the charge against this Phillies defense, got a touchdown, had a couple big runs, some big hits, um, or... Uh, linebacker for the Chiefs, Nick Bolton, was just playing lights out. Yeah. Super aggressive, had that huge, almost had two oh scooping scores. <sighs> yeah. No <laughs> kidding. But that would have that would have put him MVP I'm, if, if yeah. he would have got the second one for sure. Yeah. Well, I was thinking the same thing for Tony. If he had gotten in on the oh, punt yeah, return. For sure. He could have. I mean, I kind of, he had to have been second, right? I, I don't sure. know if he was, but. Um, because right after he scored his touchdowns, when they opened the voting for the MVP, and I was like, he could get it. Yeah. He could get it. Ross? That oh, that route he ran was so sick, too. And then Sky Moore did the same thing. I know. Man. Andy Reid probably should just get MVP, <laughs> Dude, honestly. I was telling him yesterday just how wide but open Andy Reid gets his players. I know. Like that when when Travis Kelsey is asked like you know how, what does he credit his career to he's like Andy Reid all day yeah for just getting him open and the misdirection and the decoys and just the mastery of those red red zone play calls were just amazing and it's being a Falcons fan you know watching a subpar team for the last ten years. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just rare. It really sticks out mm-hmm. as something that is notable. It's like, oh, man, I haven't seen something like that before. When you just have confidence in a coach, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to know what to do here. Yeah. Versus, versus like, oh, we're, yeah. we're, What's in gonna red, happen? we're in the red zone. Can we score? I, okay, my my MVP, because I can't say anything you guys have said. I'm going Chiefs O-line. There it is. Yeah. They yeah. So the Eagles, you know, like they're having historical year – sacking the quarterbacks did you hear they had more sacks this year than the falcons had the last three years combined? oh my god jeez oh, i, I <laughs> they fully had like believe 70 that 70 sacks in one season that's yeah, scary they they you know there's like the 85 bears that had a really iconic defense they passed them i believe and there was the the 1943 or something bears which was like even crazier and they they were only second to them in sacks but Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Andrew Wiley on the Chiefs O-line. I didn't hear Fletcher Cox's name in that game. You didn't hear anyone's name. Maybe a single time. They didn't, didn't sack the quarterback. Reddick. Nothing. And just to see what Reddick did, you know, the week prior. Uh, off of like Trent Williams, too. Off of Trent Williams, yeah. I mean, obviously the 49ers had quarterback woes. But um, 
they were unstoppable, the O line. Mm. And obviously Pat Mahomes getting the ball out and Andy Reid drawing up the plays. But yeah, the Chiefs O line uh that they do not get that win if the Chiefs O line didn't play as well as they did. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say that the game came down to that defensive holding call, but nah. If you can't get a sack on a QB all game, like I think they they pulled off the W. Yeah. Hey, how about my boy Harrison Bucker, rambling wreck from Georgia Tech? Yep. No one's gonna remember the miss. They'll no only one's remember, remember the- <laughs> they'll only remember the game winner, and that's that's, right. that's how we do it. Uh, <laughs> so hey, you know you're you're Florida boy got got to shine. Yep, very proud of Tony. It was a it was a fun game, wonderful and, game, and big shout out to Jalen Hurts as well. I mean, yeah. most rushing touchdowns. Oh my god! By a quarterback in the Super Bowl, he looked good too. That pass to AJ Brown, money, Amazing. that dime mm. to Dallas Goddard on third and fourteen. Great catch by Dallas. Yeah. He he does he does he played to deserve the win. Oh, but yeah. 38-35, you cannot complain. Amazing game. Hey, so he was he was my number one MVP. You know who my number two on, on the Eagles? My number two on the Eagles was the defender that held, came out after the game. Bradbury. He was like, I held. Because, you know, yeah. clearly Philly fans and people across the nation were saying, it wasn't a hold, let him play. He wasn't going to be able to catch it anyways, which maybe that was all true. But he just like straight up owned it. Like made what he will probably consider to be the worst mistake of his life and came out and owned it and didn't trash the refs or anything. So. I had no idea he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw it. I saw that interview and then Sirianni said almost the same thing of like that game didn't come down to that moment. Mm-hmm. We should have just won a hundred different of those little battles to win. Mm-hmm. So Which if they don't say that, then their fan base would probably kill someone because <laughs> yeah they're like it's philly, okay guys philly it's fans a, that i did see a lot of just respect like the whole time during the chiefs like celebration they're like the eagles are an amazing team yeah such a good team and i'm like dang like two best teams in the nfl playing each other couldn't ask for a better game you're like do i wish that they didn't call it just so we could see if jalen could get a game-winning drive oh yeah yes of course mm-hmm. you hate to see like a kneel at the goal line to end it but yeah it was a it was a, an awesome game. All right, I know we're gonna end, but it's Valentine's Day. We're all married. We love our families. Just want to say happy Valentine's Day to my wife. Yes, happy Guppy. Valentine's Day, sweetie. Happy Valentine's Day, you're, Rachel. You're definitely not listening to the podcast, and you're definitely not listening to it to this point. But yeah. I love you. I know you're yeah, listening, we love babe, because you, you listen to all, every minute. Unlike Riley and Ethan's wives, but thank and you, but Meredith. I'm not sure if you listen. I think you do. I know you do. So thank you. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we wouldn't be where we would be without our our lovely ladies. That's supporting right. us. Mm-hmm. Very grateful. Maybe for, you can push this forward to the real per- portion of the. Yeah, so that they will go. see it for sure. She watches the reels. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, boys. Love you. Let's guys. Let's go do some other stuff. All right, love you. Love you.